1: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino.
2: Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot emphasize the analogy enough to a clockwork orange. Remember? Yeah. Oh, this impeachment thing is a disaster. Now, as I promised you, you, I am not going to get you caught up in an hour of this, but I do have to give you updates on what's going on. It's only the most important story of our time and updates on what's going on right now with Holmes, uh literally Holmes, David Holmes who uh reminds me of someone uh, a couple of people I met during my time in the secret service. It's not flattering. Um and Fiona Hill who's just making things up up there. But I want to cover what happened yesterday and what started out as as I said to you yesterday during the show Seemed like a decent day for the Democrats and then completely, utterly, utterly exploded. This thing is over. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have a mic, but I do have a pen. Mic drop for (laughs) Donald Trump and the Republicans. I'm telling you, it's over. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, Dan, I've got to agree with you. This is very, very, very horror show. Very horror show. Yes. It is, right? Right. Thank you. And your fine distinguished English accent. I don't know if you you guys know and ladies out there, but Joe does uh, a bunch of uh, characters and his English character, Niles, (laughs) um, is one of them. He has inserted in the show often, especially when it comes to areas where he needs to seem (laughs) pseudo-sophisticated to advance an argument. Very well done, Joe. All right, folks, I've got a lot to get through. Tons of video, including the disaster Democrat debate last night, which the only winners were the people who didn't watch. All right. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Wax RX, Ladies and gentlemen, I had a big problem yeah. with earwax buildup. It's true. I'm not messing with you. During my time as a federal agent where we had to wear these earpieces all the time. All, I have one in now, as a matter of fact. They're called IFBs. We call them earpieces in the Secret Service. The media, they call them IFBs. Well, Wax RX has been a sponsor of my show for almost two years. It's helped me get rid of that stubborn earwax you can't get rid of. Because of your support, Walgreens even took notice and now carries WaxRx. Listen, WaxRx isn't the sexiest product to talk about, but as I've told you, I had to deal with this problem in the past. When your ears aren't clean, you don't even know what you're not hearing because you're not hearing it. Not uh, not to mention your ears itch and they get uncomfortable. It's painful and get plugged up. It makes it harder to hear. A lot of people use cotton swabs or cheap drugstore remedies to clean their ears. That's a bad move. It even says on the back of the cotton swabs, don't stick in the inner ear. Read it. Try the doctor-developed WaxRx ear wash system. It's just like the one doctors use in their office. You'll save a trip, and you'll save the copay, but it gets better. You can try the WaxRx system by typing in GO, G-O-WaxRx.com. That's GO, Use offer code DAN at checkout for free shipping or visit your local war groups. Listen, folks, I'm not trying to mess with it. You'd be stunned at what's going to come out of your ears with the WaxRx cleaning mm-hmm. system. Don't wait. You have no idea what you might be missing because of inner earwax. GoWaxrx.com. Visit gowaxrx.com. Use offer code Dan today. All right, Joe. Let's go. So folks, because I don't want you to go anywhere for a number of reasons. I feel like this is a very important show. I want to get to a quick recap of yesterday. I want to get to some ridiculous information being put out today. How this is completely blowing up on the Democrats and as always, some other stories as well about other things going on, because we're not going to get trapped into this uh, cycle of Democrat nonsense. Uh, First, I want to start out on a, you know, it is Thursday. Oh, by the way, quick tease. Don Trump Jr. interview tomorrow. Interview number two. We interviewed the president last week in our new uh, weekly once a week interview show. Donald Trump Jr. tomorrow about his new book, Triggered. I'm going to ask him some questions about how he feels about this, the impeachment farce, the hoax number three. Don't miss it. We'll launch it in the afternoon um, tomorrow. We'll see maybe three or four. So depending on how the interview goes, don't miss it. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. Uh, you can be first uh, to check it out there. Okay. Uh, a little bit of a kind of comic relief here. Devin Nunes, who is uh Really, these impeachment hearings are hilarious (laughs) because they're so ridiculous for anybody who actually understands the facts. Joe liked this one when I said that to him. This was Devin Nunes yesterday prepping the audience for Adam Schiff's closing statements, which for those of you who've watched this, unfortunately, watch these ridiculous hoax impeachment hearings. At the end of every night, sleazy liar Adam Schiff gives this like overly hyperbolic emotional reading of the facts of the day. And it's become like a, a source of mockery for conservatives because it's so dumb. Because he got caught, talking about the president. He got because he got caught. It's so goofy. It's become a subject of mockery. Here's Devin Nunes prepping the audience again for story time night number three of Adam Schiff and his ridiculous because he got caught absurdity. Check this out.
0: For those of you at home, it's time to change the channel. Turn down the volume. Or hide the kids, put them to bed. Now I yield to Mr. Schiff for story time hour. I thank the gentleman, as always, for his uh, remarks.
2: Um... Oh, dude. Oh, my gosh. The clown show. Good for Devin Nunes calling this this complete sleaze out. Yeah. He said, this this hearing is just a total, complete waste of America's time. And I'll get to it in a minute how this is breaking bad on them, um, just left and right. But I've got more important stuff to get to. Um, hat tip to the Donald Trump Twitter feeds where he got this from. They put out a compilation video. So this is gonna, about how badly yesterday went. Remember, this was their key witness. Our ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, who was one of the point men on Ukraine policy, um, was a, a donor to President Trump, got an ambassadorship. He was supposed to be their ace in the whole witness who was gonna verify that there was a quid pro quo, uh, a White House meeting in exchange for investigations into Hunter Biden. He was supposed to be their ace in the whole witness. Here's this Trump compilation video, which sums up how badly this went for the Democrats in the afternoon yesterday. Check this out.
0: Again, I don't recall President Trump ever talking to me about any security assistance, ever. Um, did the president ever tell you personally about any preconditions for anything? No. Okay, so the president never told you about any preconditions for the aid to be released? No. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations. Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations. Yes or no? Yes. You called President Trump to ask him, what do you want from Ukraine? He responded. I want nothing, I want no quid pro quo, I want Zelensky to do the right thing, I want him to do what he ran on, and what he ran on was fighting corruption, correct? Correct. President said, quote, no quid pro quo, I want nothing, I want nothing, I want President Zelensky to do the right thing, do what he ran on, end quote, is that correct?
2: That's correct. That
1: means it's all over.
2: Folks, listen, again, I don't know how to summarize for you in, in any more um, of, of, of a fact-based data point how badly this went when the takeaway from yesterday's ace in the hole witness about a quid pro quo was Gordon Sondland acknowledging that he called President Trump directly, asked him about a quid pro quo, and President Trump told him he didn't want a quid pro quo, that he wanted, quote, nothing. You don't believe me? Here's President Trump on the South grounds yesterday when he's leaving to get on Marine One. He was going to Texas summarizing his own conversation with sondland about a quid pro quo the media said happened that sondland acknowledged didn't happen check this out ambassador sondland and i just noticed one thing and i would say
1: that means it's all over what do you want from ukraine he asks me screaming what do you want from ukraine I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. This is Ambassador Sodlin speaking to me. Just happened, to which I turned off the television. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories. What do you want? What do you want? It was a very short and abrupt conversation that he had with me. They said he was not in a good mood. I'm always in a good mood. I don't know what that is. He just said, now he's talking about what my response. So he's going, what do you want? What do you want? I hear all these theories. What do you want? Right? And now here's my response that he gave. Just gave. Ready? You have the cameras rolling. I want nothing. That's what I want from Ukraine. That's what I said. I want nothing. I said it twice. So he goes. He asked me the question. What do you want? I keep hearing all these things. What do you want? He finally gets me. I don't know him very well. I have not spoken to him much. This is not a man I know well. Seems like a nice guy, though. But I don't know him well. He was with other candidates. He actually supported other candidates. Not me. Came in late. But here's my response. Now, if you weren't fake news, you'd cover it properly. I say to the ambassador in respond, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky, President Zelensky, to do the right thing. So here's my answer. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Then he says, this is the final word from the president of the United States. I want nothing. Thank you, folks. Have a good time. I'm going bed.
2: Excellent. Mr. President, well done. You don't need to take questions yesterday. You don't always have to be. I, I understand his commitment to openness and transparency, the president, despite the media's protestations. Otherwise, oh, Mr. President, blah, blah. nothing the president does is cryptic. He gives more press conferences and Q&A's and mini-pressers to any president in American history. The numbers bear that out. Any any assertions otherwise are an outright lie. But that doesn't mean he has to constantly, all the time, be subjected to 24-hour Q&A cycles by a media that hates him. The facts speak for themselves, ladies and gentlemen. Gordon Sondland opened his testimony, insisting, yes, again, because you're going to get the facts here, that there was a quid pro quo investigations for aid and that everybody knew it. Wow. Devastating. As I said yesterday, not a good morning. Then under just not even like strong, assertive, just basic questioning by the Republicans, his entire story fell apart. And then we find out that the only person who has firsthand knowledge about a conversation of the president with Sondland and Trump is Sondland and Trump. And both of them acknowledge the same thing that when asked what he wants from Ukraine, the president said, I want nothing. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. Gosh sorry listen, I want to play this as a little longer version what you saw in the compilation. This is Republican Congressman from Ohio. Mike Turner's been doing a great job here. This is Mike Turner questioning Gordon Sondland to set this up. I'm going to get to it in a second why Sondland why I think he did what he did. It's my opinion, but I'm going to give it to you why I think he's doing what he's doing. It appears he tried to harm the president yesterday and got called out on basic facts. Mike Turner's asking him about his assertion in the opening statement that there was a link between security aid to Ukraine and Ukraine opening up investigations that Trump wanted. Okay? Give us these investigations, no aid. That's what Sondland was saying was, yeah, we knew about this quid pro quo, this for that. Right. Which Trump acknowledges, and Sondland acknowledged never came up on, on the phone call, and when it did, Trump told no quid pro quo, right? Which Sondland actually texts Bill Taylor about. But this is Mike Turner asking Gordon Sondland, well, you seem so sure, basically, about this quid pro quo, aid for investigations. Is there a single person on the planet who actually told you that, that we were going to swap aid for investigations? Watch Sondland completely, 100% fold. This was the mic drop moment. It's over for them after this. It's over. Check this out. After you testified... Chairman Schiff ran out and gave a press
0: conference and said he gets to impeach the President of the United States because of your testimony. And if you pull up CNN today, right now, their banner says Sondland ties Trump to withholding aid. Is that your testimony today, Mr. Ambassador Sondland, that you have evidence that Donald Trump tied the investigation to the aid? Because I don't think you're saying that. I've said repeatedly, Congressman I was presuming, I also said that President Trump... So no one told you, not just the President, Giuliani didn't tell you, Mulvaney didn't tell you, nobody, Pompeo didn't tell you, nobody else on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying aid to these investigations. Is that correct? I think I already testified. No, answer the question. Is it correct? No one on this planet told you that Donald Trump was tying this aid to the investigations? Because if your answer is yes, then the chairman's wrong and the headline on CNN is wrong. No one on this planet told you that President Trump was tying aid to investigations, yes or no? Yes. So, you really have no testimony today that ties President Trump to a scheme to withhold aid from Ukraine in exchange for these investigations? Other than my own presumption. Which is nothing. I mean, that's what I don't understand. So you know what hearsay evidence is, Ambassador? Hearsay is when I testify what someone else told me. Do you know what made-up testimony is? Made-up testimony is when I just presume it.
2: Wow. It's over, folks. It's over. Now, it's not over for the Democrats who will, it doesn't matter. They're just going to continue this charade. and, And you should really be sending a thank you card to Adam Schiff because this is not going well for them. I'm telling you, listen, take it to the bank. I promise you I would give you my opinion about when you should panic and when you shouldn't. Take it or it's up to you. Some guy emailed me, by the way. He was very upset that I said that. Hmm. I'm an adult. I'll know when to panic. Fine, it's my, I'm just giving you my opinion and start your own show. Called the I'm an adult show and, and I'm just giving you my opinion. It's my show. The morning didn't go well. Sondland's opening statement with the Democrats thought they had a slam dunk. But that's why we have in these adversarial proceedings another side the other side gets to question them in any fair proceeding. And under just basic questions, did anybody ever tell you that? No, nobody told me that. Well, how do you know that? Oh, I just presumed it. Oh my gosh. Despite the conversation you had with the president where he told you no quid pro quo, that he wants nothing, he just wants them to do the right thing, you still just presumed it? Despite swearing under oath, you had that conversation. Now, why? what's going on with Sondland? What's the backstory here? Whew. Ladies and gentlemen, Sondland's a very wealthy guy, has some interests in some hotels. Uh, the left, the tyrannical, ultra-violent, aggressive left, uh, you don't believe me, just go to Andy know's Twitter feed today, you could see there was a... Uh, And Coulter's speech out West, and of course the left started physically accosting people, screaming at people, cursing them, you know, what the left always does, liberals love and worship violence. By the way, if you don't believe, I'm very sorry if you don't believe that, because you can keep your head on a swivel around these people at all times. At all times. See, we conservatives believe in big R, God-given rights, which means a good, strong, solid ideological debate but we will only, only, God forbid, ever use that uh, violence in defense of ourselves. That's it. Proactive violence is not ever on a conservative agenda who believes in the big R, God-given rights of everyone. That's not for the left. The left is full-blown in on violence right now and aggression. Just look at the videos. Again, I'm not talking about all Democrats. I'm not stereotyping Democrats. a lot of Democrats out there who sincerely care about the country. The The left, the radical left, is all in on violence and aggression. They have turned this on Sondland. Threats to his family, threats to his business, uh, people violently accosting people, preventing them from going into Sondland's hotels. What do I think happened? I believe Sondland got intimidated, and it's really no more difficult than this, and he's going up there giving testimony, trying to play both sides. Side number one, well, I'll give Schiff what he needs, a soundbite. Yeah, I presume there was a quid pro quo. Schiff, run to the cameras, run to the cameras. We got him now. But then let me play the Republican side of it, too, and acknowledge that, yeah, I don't really know what I just presumed it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's really no more difficult than that. He's trying to get these people to stop picketing his business and stop threatening his family. I'm not apologizing or making excuses for anyone. I'm giving you a simple opinion about what I think the motivation was for Sondland to go up there and do something in the morning, give an opening statement that left out key facts, including his phone call with President Trump we just referenced. I believe he did that to give Adam Schiff the fodder he needs to call off the dogs. Now, showing you how bad yesterday was for the dims. And the sleazeball uh, um, impeachment committee, as Devin Nunes said this morning, formerly known as the Intelligence Committee, with the lack of intelligence on the committee. That's bizarre. Most unaptly named committee up on the Hill right now. Here is a tweet by a CNN reporter, no less. This guy went after me the other day for something. I think it was a Trump interview. I don't even know. This guy, Daniel Dale, correcting the AP. The AP tweeted the Associated Press, contradicting the testimony of his own ambassador. Trump says he wants nothing from Ukraine and says the impeachment hearing should be brought to an end. He contradicted the testimony. from. That's exactly what his ambassador said. The CNN guy, Daniel Dale, had to correct him. Quote, this is wrong. What Trump told reporters did not contradict Sondland's testimony. Sondland testified Trump told him, I want nothing from Ukraine. That's what Trump was saying to reporters. That Sondland testified, he said, I want nothing. Folks, you know you've reached peak stupid when CNN's correcting the Associated Press. This was a disaster, folks. A disaster. When the takeaway ringer round 12 quote from this entire spectacle yesterday is Trump telling his ambassador appointment in Ukraine he wants nothing from Ukraine except for them to do the right thing. Trust me, it was not a good day for them. This ended horribly. Now, before I get to this, I, wanna, I gotta, there's a series of, again, nonsensical false facts and data points, fake news being put out by Schiff and others, which require significant debunking because they're being propagated by the media endlessly and they're not true. I'll get to that in a second. Today's uh, second sponsor is our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. Ladies and gentlemen, they have one of the finest nutrition supplements on the market. There you go right there. Foundation, love this stuff. Been using it for a long time. What is foundation? Why would it work for you? Why do you need this stuff? This is great. I've been using it for, gosh, three years now. Paula uses it. Joe uses it. Little Joe uses it. It's terrific. Go to BrickhouseNutrition.com slash Dan and get your bottle of foundation today. It is a creatine ATP blend. What will creatine do for you? Creatine is a phosphagen. It'll enable you to have more output in the gym. Now, you may say, okay, that's great. It's like having an extra gas tank in the gym. I can work harder. But you don't even need to be in the gym. Uh, Honestly, folks, it's great to work out, and I highly recommend it, but you don't have to work out to benefit from foundation. The energy will be there for you regardless whatever you need it for. Walking up a few extra flights of stairs, working all day, keeping your mind fresh and frosty, foundation's the product for you. Now, it adds ATP to it to not only have an extra gas tank, but to have an extra, extra gas tank. Foundation's that good. But it won't just help you perform better your daily tasks and perform better in the gym, folks. It'll also help you look better. It has a volumization effect inside of your muscles. You will just look better. Don't take my word for it. Take the mirror test. I mean it. I'm not kidding. Go look in the mirror now. Take a little mental snapshot of what you look like. Check that out. Come back seven days later after loading foundation. There it is right there and see how you look then. I promise you're going to be impressed. The product is that good. I love it. It's one of my original sponsors. They've been with me from the beginning. It is part of my daily nutrition supplement plan. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle today of foundation at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. You will not regret it. All the products, the reviews on this I get are absolutely spectacular. Go check it out. Okay. Listen, the amount of misinformation in these proceedings is staggering, including the one going on right now, farcical, absolutely farcical. Please read the show notes today. If you sign up for my newsletter, Bongino.com slash newsletter, I will email you the best conservative news content of the day, including this story, which when the Bongino report comes out, your new alternative to the left wing drudge report, you will get stories like this. Here we go, folks. Washington Examiner today by Jerry Dunleavy does good work. Analysis. Despite Adam Schiff's claims, the whistleblower has no statutory right to anonymity. Folks, why am I bringing this up? Because, again, some in the media, and to be fair, some others in the media have debunked this. Um, I believe this was one of those assertions that got three Pinocchios from the Washington Post or something. But other media outlets have stuck by the story that the whistleblower somehow has some right, whether it be moral or whatever, to anonymity. Um, He doesn't. Okay, I'm sorry. And there is definitely no statutory right to anonymity. The statute protecting whistleblowers protects them from disclosure by the ICIG, unless there's some specific reason. In other words, the ICIG legally should not be exposing the name of the whistleblower. It stands for uh, Intelligence Community Inspector General. It does not apply to the president, and it definitely doesn't apply to the media. I bring this up because Adam Schiff keeps saying at the hearings, in direct contradiction to the truth, That there is some legal right to anonymity by the whistleblower. Ladies and gentlemen, it is factually incorrect. Read the piece if you want the details and you want to read portions of the statute. It only prevents the IC inspector general from releasing it. Nobody else. That is just not true. All right, moving on. So I don't want to beat a dead horse. I just feel like every day I've got to debunk this nonsense you're being fed. More nonsense you're being fed by some in the liberal media is that this is going well for the Democrats. There were compilations on Hannity and other shows last night on cable news where they put together a compilation yesterday by Jeffrey Tubin of CNN, MSNBC and others. And all these left wing lunatic talking head pundits say, oh, it's a bombshell, a disaster, a total bombshell. It's over for Trump. This is going great. Remember during the morning after the Sondland opening statement, folks, they were in love. They were in love with Gordon Sondland. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is from an email I got this morning from a Republican who puts out some talking points. Um, these are here's some data for you to show you how bad this is going for them. A new poll is showing a report. Uh, excuse me, support for impeachment in Wisconsin, Joe, a swing state, has dropped four points in the past month to just forty percent of registered voters in Wisconsin. Fifty-three percent oppose impeachment. Nice. A national poll from Politico's Morning Consult released. Found that just 40% of independents now support impeachment, a 10 point drop from just two weeks ago. The first week of the House's public impeachment hearings, Morning Consult wrote, did not move public support for the inquiry in Democrats' favor. Finally, another national poll from Gallup found that President Trump's approval rating has actually ticked up since Adam Schiff began impeachment hearings. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, this is a disaster. Approval ratings up. Money pouring into Republican coffers, the RNC and the Trump campaign, volunteers pouring in, poll data not going in their direction. This is a complete disaster. And I'm sorry, anyone who tells you other words, otherwise, is not a nonpartisan observer of what's going on here. I am partisan, but I'm giving you just facts and data. This is a mess for the Democrats, a mess that, believe me, serious people behind the scenes are starting to wonder how they pull themselves out of this thing now. Don't be surprised if they vote on articles of impeachment. It goes very poorly for the Democrats. And you get more than two this time to vote against this debacle. All right, folks, this is another devastating story because we've been told, again, that the Ukrainians, oh, yeah, there's nothing going on over there. Nothing to worry about. The corruption Donald Trump is looking into with Burisma and Hunter Biden and others. It's no big deal. Nothing to see here. Really? Because Reuters, yes, Reuters will be in the show notes today. Again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Reuters reported yesterday, definitely not a right-leaning outlet, that Ukraine is widening their probe against a Burisma founder, remember the company Hunter Biden's kid worked for, to embezzlement of state funds. Wait, what? Joe, I thought this was all political. None of this corruption was really happening. Hunter Biden worked for this company. No big deal. Really? Because Reuters is reporting some very suspicious information here. That this prosecutor was speaking after being asked about a document from the general prosecutor's office that was leaked at a press conference earlier on Wednesday. Get a load of this, folks. The document, only part of which was visible, showed Kulik suspected he was a prosecutor, suspected Zlochevsky, this is the guy who runs Barisma, the company that hired Joe Biden's kid, mm-hmm. that they suspected Zlochevsky of offenses including using his official position to embezzle basically $330 million in the U.S. of money belonging to the central bank. Really? Because we were told corruption was not a concern. Don't worry. Trump only had political motivations for demanding the Ukrainians clean up their act before they got aid. That's what we were told by the Democrats in their false narrative. And they still can't even link the aid to the Ukrainian, because they still can't even do that. But we were told that when in their theory, when the aid was linked to this, that the aid was linked to corruption. And don't worry about the corruption. That wasn't a big deal. This was all political. Someone should tell the Ukrainians. And by the way, let me preface this by saying Interfax, this came out by Interfax, is reporting that some of the investigations into the Burisma guys, Lochevsky, that they involve, by the way, the potential laundering of money through this Franklin Templeton investments, And payments to Hunter Biden, allegedly of $16 million. Coordinator facts. We'll see where that goes. Whoa is right. Yeah, whoa. (laughs) Reminds me of that old song, Whoa. Mm-hmm. whoa i always what's tell these songs for? to paula that i heard and she's like i've never heard that you're just making all this up then i go to youtube and play them for her whoa what was it whoever you remember Edwin all that Storm? some of you know what i'm yeah. talking about if you grew up in the yeah. rap scene in new oh, york i thought you the, were going to the war the 90-
1: what's it good for Whoa!
2: no 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 not war whoa ah. like whoa that was the song. i remember i know it happened paula's like no no didn't But she always does this to me all right uh moving on This is real news happening right Uh now, too, folks. This stuff is important. And I do want to get to what's happening up there with Fiona Hill because that's important, too. But while everyone was sleeping, watching Clockwork Orange style, this (laughs) disastrous impeachment hearing, uh, look, legal insurrection again in the show notes today. Look what happened while no one was paying attention. While you were watching Gordon Sondland, uh, while you were watching Gordon Sondland, Trump flipped the 11th Circuit by legal insurrection. William Jacobson does some great work over there. Ladies and gentlemen, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, a very important circuit, affects me down here in Florida and in the southeast is now majority Republican appointees. Nice job, President Trump, in addition to flipping the third last week as we addressed in our interview with President Trump, who also, by the way, if you want to listen to the interview, addresses what he would do in the event of an opening on the Supreme Court in our interview with him. Again, folks, while the Democrats are losing money, losing uh, in the approval ratings battle, losing in the polls and swing states like Wisconsin, generating record amounts of money into the RNC and Trump, President Trump is busy doing things like regulatory reform, working on next, another round of tax cuts for economic growth, and flipping the courts in a more conservative, originalist direction. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. We'll continue to work while you guys continue to screw around with your dopey, stupid, discredited, entirely hoax, falsified impeachment nonsense, as Devin Nunes says, and Joe laughed at before the show, what we'll call story time from now on. Now, that's some real news. Now, quickly getting back to what happened today, because what's going on now up in the hill now is a disaster. You have these two individuals testifying you have this guy, Holmes, and you have uh, Fiona Hill up there on the hill testifying to more nonsense. Uh, and folks, listen, again, we have to give the obligatory whatever. Thank you for your ser- Yeah, great. Okay, listen, I, you know, I serve the country too. No one, uh, don't thank me. You paid for it. I wanted to be there. It was a great job. I don't. I, I appreciate that. Um, I, I don't need it and it's not necessary because I don't consider it that. I was paid a good amount of money to be a Secret Service agent. What's a dangerous job that I wanted to do. It's all I wanted to do my whole life. I never saw myself doing this. I enjoy it, but that's not why I always saw myself being a police officer or a federal agent. Yeah. We should record it as a fact for that this. they've <laughs> Yeah, seriously. <laughs> There's know, always gonna be for to Okay, it. great. Thanks. Yeah. You yeah. were paid handsomely. We appreciate yeah. your service. Great, nice job. That again, that doesn't absolve you from the responsibility to go up in the most critical impeachment hearing uh, you know, we've seen in in, in, in an era. The, I mean, the, the Clinton thing went downhill fast to tell the truth. And they're just not telling the truth. This guy, Holmes, who came up this morning. And I'll have some of this for you tomorrow. This is what we're doing. I tease it and we'll, we'll, we'll do the summation tomorrow. Holmes said something ridiculous in his open statement. And he reminds me, I said I would hit on this. I, I brought this up to Joe. Folks, my last line of work when I was doing advances with the Secret Service, we'd go out on the road and during the campaign season, I know Joe likes these stories. I hope you in the audience, I try to stay away from them, but still it's important here because I've seen this phenomenon before. We used to call this having a case of the for reals. For reals. Uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, Mm -hmm. For real. That's what we would call. And what is that? Well, during campaign seasons in the Secret Service when the president's travel schedule gets intense because either he's running for re-election or campaigning for someone who is, The travel schedule gets ridiculous. The Secret Service runs low on advance agents. Um, Sometimes we'll we'll bring in, whether it's during the UN or others, we used to call them OTAs, other treasury agents. Now they're called other federal agents to help because we just run out of people. Well, that happens on the bureaucracy side too, folks. The way the Secret Service advances work for the president of the United States and other protectees is it's a three-prong approach. You have the Secret Service, you have the military, WAMO, the White House military office that sends out in advance, and you have a staffer as well. From the bureaucracy, the White House staff. Well, what happens? Well, the military has a lot of people, so with them, they can get constrained, but it's usually not an issue finding folks. With the Secret Service, it is, so we'll find other people to help us out, um, to support us. And what the staff does is the White House staff in the advance office, when they run out of people, they'll go grab people from the federal bureaucracy, HHS, whatever it may be. You come from anywhere, Bureau of Indian Affairs, and they'll send them out. These, uh, sometimes young very young men and women and they will represent the white house on the advance ladies and gentlemen uh it is typically a disaster (laughs) because they show up they're typically low-level bureaucrats who've never had any significant serious responsibility when it comes to a life and death scenario in their lives and they'll show up on the scene and they get a case of the for reals they show up, they puff their muscles, they puff their chest out, they want to come in and tell everybody in the Secret Service and the military, career military officers, and people in the Secret Service, if you're doing it in advance for the President, who have been doing this for 10 years like I had, and they want to tell you how it's going to go down. And let me be clear, by the way, it's not a Democrat or Republican, it's on both sides, all right? Yeah. And any Secret Service agent listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. They come in, I'm the boss here, the verdict is in. Yesterday, I was typing up spreadsheets about per diem rates in Ukraine. Today, I'm running the show. You want it's, something, you come to me. Uh, after about five minutes, they typically find out how irrelevant they are in the trip and how little they know, and they usually come uh, hat in hand, begging you for information on how to make this thing work because the White House is calling them, and they don't know squat. It's happened to me multiple times. I'll never forget one person in a country that shall remain nameless who was a representative of that foreign country, who openly laughed at a staffer in the meeting and came up to me later as he ignored him and laughed at him and said, he who has the guns has the power. <laughs> in other words, you got the guns, right? You're the Secret Service guys. I'll deal with you. I don't need this idiot. And that happened, by the way. <laughs> I don't even think the staffer knew he was being laughed at. This guy Holmes reminds me of that. He's a mid-level bureaucrat who sees his moment in the sun. He goes up in front of this congressional committee this morning. The uh, impeachment committee, formerly known as the intelligence committee. And he just lies and makes stuff up. Lies. He's just making. He Now, let me give him an out. I'll give him an here. He's either lying or he knows nothing about the case. He just said again, in addition to others who have gone up there and testified to a completely false data point. He said a couple of things. He said that this do not prosecute list from Marie Yovanovitch and George Kent, their insistence that people not be prosecuted, that this is false, that there there wasn't a do not prosecute list. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand the insistence on Career bureaucrats, as alleged by John Solomon is reporting, and Lysenko, the Ukrainian prosecutor, that United States diplomats like Yovanovitch and Kent, the allegation that they insisted key Ukrainians not be prosecuted by the Ukrainian government, Ukrainians who were involved in the dissemination of information, to Fusion GPS, according to Fusion GPS themselves, to target Trump. Do you understand that's the key to this whole thing and they need to discredit this? So they Mm -hmm. keep parading a series of witnesses going up there suggesting that Marie Ivanovich is some hero and the do not prosecute list doesn't exist. Folks, I want to read something to you again from Solomon's reporting because this is important. I'd put it up on the screen, but I didn't want to overburden Paula with work because I didn't want to hit this too much. Folks, George Kent from Solomon's reporting a State Department official, acknowledged he signed an April 2016 letter asking Ukrainian prosecutors to stand down an investigation against the anti-corruption group. The do not prosecute insistence is real. It's not a hoax. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a conspiracy theory. It is an acknowledged fact. The letter exists. And one of the people on that list that they asked not to be prosecuted was a Ukrainian parliamentarian by the name of Sergei Leshenko, who Nellie Orr, under oath from Fusion GPS, hired by Hillary, swears was a source of hers for information against Trump they used to target Trump via the FISA warrant. That is the scandal. So Holmes goes up there, yeah, that's not true. And then he says something else, which is categorically false. Holmes, I'm telling you, he's one of those staffers I saw in Secret Service Advances. I've seen this guy a million times. He says the prosecutor general, Litsenko, who was on the receiving end of, Joe, please tell me if this makes sense, the receiving end of the letter, do not prosecute these people. He says, Litsenko has since retracted the story. Holmes said that. Folks, that is not true. He has not retracted the story at all. Even the New York Times acknowledged that. You're making a fool of yourself. Holmes is either a liar or he's totally ignorant of what happened in a country he claims to be an expert in. It's a joke. This is an impeachment hearing for idiots. I haven't even gotten yet to Fiona Hill. Fiona Hill, <laughs> who testified, said something in her opening statement. That is completely ridiculous. Before I get to that, let me get to our final sponsor of the day. Well, we'll tease it here. There you go. Thanks, Paul. National Review. Fiona Hill, get ready for this one, calls Ukrainian 2016 election narrative a fictional narrative in her opening statement. Okay. Fiona Hill. So Fiona Hill, Joe, I know, I know, I know, I I know you're getting frustrated. I'm going to get this and say, Fiona Hill... Again, another shift witness, claimed Russia-Ukraine expert, is now claiming that Ukrainian election interference is a fictional narrative. Okay, folks, I'm putting up the paper copy now because apparently the digital one Paula puts up isn't up. For those of you listening at home, this is what I'm showing here is the political article. Politico, left-wing rag. Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire. This article has not been retracted. Nobody has retracted their story. And they still insist that the facts in here are correct and verified. This is what Fiona Hill is calling a conspiracy theory or a fictional narrative. All right. I got more on Fiona Hill. Before I get to that, let's go to our final sponsor today, Toro, Ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest with you. I was always interested in cryptocurrencies, but I didn't have a broad swath of knowledge about how they can work, how to get into it, how to build a smart uh, portfolio. Um, I knew it, what they did and how they worked with you know with algorithms, algorithms, uh, algorithms. Excuse me, uh, but I just wasn't sure of you know how exactly the investment strategy would work. Thankfully, Etoro came along. We recently saw Bitcoin prices rise after China devalued its currency and global markets tanked. We can now see how cryptocurrencies are becoming a real alternative to gold as a hedging strategy. For me, the best place to trade cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin is at eToro.com. Listen, here's why. eToro is smart crypto trading made easy. eToro is the world's number one social trading platform. It has over 11 million active traders. That's a lot. Facilitates over a trillion dollars in trading volume per year globally. You can access the world's best cryptocurrencies. They have 15 different coins available. They have low and transparent fees, advanced charting features for smart strategy building. And here's the thing, folks. This is what helped me. Try before you trade. They will give you a virtual portfolio with a $100,000 budget. Tinker around. Try some different coins. See how it works. See what's going up. See what's going down. See trends. Never miss a trend with charts, pricing alerts, and social feeds. Check it out at eToro. This is the best place. Sign up today at eToro, E-T-O-R-O dot slash Bongino. That's E-T-O-R-O dot com slash Bongino. eToro slash Bongino. Check it out today. This is the world's number one social trading platform for cryptocurrencies, eToro. Go check it out today. Okay. Again, back to Fiona Hill, who in her opening statement along with Holmes appears to be either confused, ignorant, or just straight up lying. I I, I don't know which one it is. She sounds smart. Um, Holmes at least tried to come off smart. What is it? Are they lying? So Ukrainian interference in the election, she's claiming, is a Russian fictional narrative. That it didn't happen. All right, folks. Uh, again, in the show notes today, showing you what kind of nonsense this is. Byron York has a, a really exemplary piece in the Washington Examiner. Sign up to our newsletter. You can read it directly right there. Analysis. What if Trump was right about Ukraine by Byron York? Listen, there are a number of points in here. I'm just going to hit on four quickly. Conclusively, completely. Totally debunking Fiona Hill's assertion that Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election is some kind of false Russian narrative. The Russians interfered too. They're not the good guys here either. But claiming the Ukrainians did not interfere in the election is utterly outrageous. He's got a number of points. I'm just going to address some of the key takeaways some of you you heard before. This is a long one. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But basically point number one, government ministers from Ukraine were openly attacking Donald Trump in other words, Joe, interfering in our election when Donald Trump was a candidate. You can see on the screen here, he talks about this uh, this government minister, Avakov, talks about others like Arseniy, uh, Arseniy Yatsenyuk, who made the case that Trump's statement on Crimea and uh, Putin, Crimea, made his campaign fair game for Ukrainians. Hmm. They were openly attacking him. You may say, oh, okay, well, I wouldn't consider that interference. Maybe they just had an opinion on Trump. All right, fair enough. Let's go to takeaway number two, then. The actual Ukrainian ambassador, Valerie Chalet, took a shot at Trump in an op-ed written in The Hill. Using a little bit more temperate language than Avakov and Yatsiniuk, Chalet said that Trump's statements on Crimea have raised serious concerns in Kiev and beyond Ukraine. Trump's words stand in sharp contrast to the Republican Party platform, Shelley continued, as well as against bipartisan support for the U.S. sanctions against Russia. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Ukraine's ambassador to the United States openly writing an op-ed against a presidential candidate. Tell me again now. Oh, I don't know, Dan. That doesn't strike me as interference. No, what does it strike you as exactly? Having said that, again, we do facts here, unlike Fiona Hill and Holmes. You may say to yourself, eh, an argument's still a little weak. I wouldn't call it interference. I would call it, uh, what's the euphemism game for the Democrats? What euphemism will they use? I'll hmm. call it open, uh, expressed, uh, maybe hot-headed opinions, but not interference. Whatevs. Let's go to the next piece of evidence here. Oh, Lashenko and the Black Ledger. <laughs> Here's Lashenko again. Well known in Ukraine as a journalist and a crusader against corruption and a member of parliament, in August of 2016, a few weeks after Trump's statement about Crimea, Lyshenko took on a new task. On August 28th, the Financial Times published a story, Ukraine's leaders campaign against pro-Putin Trump. Okay, so now we have a journalist and member of parliament, a guy named Lyshenko, who you're now familiar with, who is now openly campaigning against Donald Trump that uh, that's not interference explain to me again oh and by the way as repeated now for the umpteenth time Mm -hmm. the company hired by hillary clinton to destroy donald trump fusion gps one of their employees nelly or whose husband works for the U.S. DOJ, department of justice has sworn under oath that the same lashenko i just mentioned was a source for her for anti-trump information no interference folks None. Now you really have to be a blockhead at this point to still deny this. By the way, none of this is in dispute by the Democrats. None of it. Let's go to one final point to put the icing on this horrible stench of a cake. A website also reported that Alexandra Chalupa, former DNC operative, occasionally shared her findings with officials from the DNC and Clinton campaign while she was working with Ukraine. Chalupa went to the Ukrainian embassy in Washington and shared her concerns, according to Politico, with the ambassador, same ambassador who wrote the anti-Trump op-ed, and one of his deputies, Oksana Shuliar. Not long after that, Chalupa spoke again with the DNC, and according to Politico, with the DNC's encouragement, Chalupa asked embassy staff to arrange an interview with the then-president Poroshenko from Ukraine, where they might discuss Manafort's ties to Yanukovych. Folks, I'm sorry but you're a real moron if you don't believe this at this point. I'm sorry. I can't help you. I can't help you. What is being set up there is an outright lie. Holmes is lying. Hill is lying, or they are complete, total ignoramuses. And I don't believe the latter. All right, because we have more to get to. I'm just going to, because it it, um, sickens crap. You should be too. We. I are. do want to get it. It's so frustrating. <laughs> we are. I. I, I do want to get to last night's Democrat debate again. Another total disaster. Candidly, folks, last night's debate was boring. There were only a couple of takeaways. One of them was the best. You know, the biggest winners were the people who didn't watch it. There was almost nothing newsworthy. I. But in the interest of covering it, I just want to cover two of the the dumbest moments of the night um, because there were no highlights. <laughs> there were only lowlights. First, here's Bernie Sanders, just in, uh, the, 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 the hyperbolic exaggerating yeah. about, you know, uh, fake global warming has gotten to the point now where it's just ridiculous. Here's Bernie saying we're all going to basically die in yeah. eight to nine years and drown yeah. underwater if we live in cities. Listen to this ridiculousness.
0: Your, your question is said, what are we going to do in decades? We don't have decades. But the scientists are telling us that we don't get our act together within the next eight or nine years. We're talking about cities all over the world, major cities going underwater. We're talking about increased drought, talking about increased extreme weather disturbances. The United Nations is telling us that in the years to come, there are going to be hundreds of millions of climate refugees causing national security issues all over the world. Many thousands of people will die.
1: Some may freeze
0: to death. Oh. You
1: will die. You'll become much sicker.
2: You will die. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny weeks ago. Yeah. Now it's like, true, that's really Bernie. <laughs> of course, Joe added on at the end. Yeah, 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 Um <laughs> That was Bernie, though. We didn't yeah. mess with you. That's not me doing my Bernie voice. Ah. That's all Bernie. Folks, uh, now the timeline, Joe, is down from... AOC's what we have ten or twelve years left. where We're all going to die. It's getting worse. To now eight to nine years. Um, hmm. In a week or two, it'll all be down to two years. We'll all be dead. Let me kind of ask some basic questions. <laughs> if you, if that. you are a younger <laughs> listener um, who may be a bit misinformed about you know hoax global warming and other climate change hoaxes out there, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Right? Let me start off by asking. Because you know you can't avoid you can avoid an assertion, but you can't avoid a question. A very wise man once told me that. I want to ask you something to our younger listeners or climate change hoaxers who believe in this do you think people's income capital do you think that they they kind of their money matters to them that money talks and bs walks you've heard that right money talks bull walks you get that you've heard that right yeah you think that's true joe do you think it's true that people yeah. generally put their money where their mouth is? if they believe in a product they'll put their yeah. money in it because they think sure. you make money and if they don't believe in a product they'll pull their yeah. money out it kind of makes sense right yeah, it does. <laughs> Where am I going with this? Well, if you believe that, I want to ask you a simple question: If you believe what Bernie Sanders is saying is true, right? You're a climate change hoaxer, and you believe the cities are going to drown in eight years. Then why is waterfront property not dramatically going down? Dramatically, folks. I have waterfront property. I'm um, disclosure. It was not cheap. <laughs> why is the pro- why is the value of my property not meaningless? It's going to be underwater in eight years. Matter of fact, why is almost no waterfront property of significance going down dramatically in value? Why not are the either. values going up? <laughs> uh, it's a simple question. I'm not messing with you. If you believe money talks and BS walks, with is pretty accurate in just about every financial transaction in your life, you'll spend on what you believe in and want, and you'll pull money out of things you don't believe in and don't want, or won't spend your money on it then why are people increasingly spending money on waterfront property, smart people, if they're convinced it's going to be underwater in eight years? Have they found special scuba equipment? Let me navigate to the front. You got that thing, comes out, you know, scuba tank. Oh, we're sleeping underwater with like a a CPAP, a suction-sealed CPAP and a scuba mask. You can't even talk. You need a microphone to your wife next to you in the bed because you're underwater. Paula with the gurgles. Are oh, you make the Coffee is warmer. Who <laughs> believes this? You found underground, underwater tunnels or something like that? I mean, what, what are we? We're all aqua dozing now? You believe this? If you believe this stupidity, I'm asking an honest question. No. Why is virtually no one selling their property now to get away from the flooding? They're not. Oh, you're going to say they're going to point to some isolated example of some dude who knew a dude who knew a dude who sold a condo in Miami once. Why is waterfront <laughs> property going up? Let me point to portion number two of Bernie's dopey comments. There's going to be droughts everywhere. Droughts uh. you are all going to die. Eight to nine years. Death everywhere. <laughs> ah! Joe, if there's going to be mass droughts, yeah. farmland. Should be definitely, people should be jumping to get out of the agriculture business left and right. Yeah. Farmland should be worthless. There's going to be mass droughts, right? Big dust bowl. Why is yeah. that not happening? Why is that not happening? I'm unsure. If it's going to be drought sand that cannot support any plant life or agriculture, why aren't people selling in mass? Ladies and gentlemen, the answers to these questions are simple. Because they know you're full of, you get it. So you can sit there on your college campus or in your, you know, social justice warrior focus group, which you're, you know, roasting marshmallows, s'mores in mommy's basement, doing what you guys, you don't know, do in the radical left. I don't know what you do. I want nothing to do with you. You can attack and scream at people. You can do your violence, your anti-free speech stuff, whatever. Hold your signs, you know. Hell no, we won't go. We love Mother Earth. The climate's collapsing. We only have eight years. You can do whatever you want. The bottom line is you're all full of crap because nobody believes you. Nobody. Nobody's selling their waterfront property. Nobody's selling their farmland in anticipation of a worldwide drought because everybody knows you're full of crap. One more thing on this. I didn't intend to spend as much time on this. I have more stories, but... Folks, even liberal cities know this is garbage. Oh, oh, you doubt me? You know, uh, I believe it was San Francisco did a bond issue a little while ago. In other words, the city of San Francisco, far, far left San Francisco, Joe. Mm -hmm. They needed to borrow some money. So they issued bonds. Buy our bonds, loan us money, we'll pay you back a coupon on the bond, right? Pretty simple, basic finance. You know what's fascinating in that bond issue, Joe? San Francisco, which has some exposure to the water, right? Yeah, you would think they would have mentioned to their bondholders what a risk these bonds could be because San Francisco, Joe, Bernie said it's going to be underwater in eight years, right? San Francisco's yeah. liberal; they yeah. believe so. San Francisco believes Bernie. We're all underwater in eight years, right? Mm-hmm. Joe, where in that bond issue does it mention that there's a real risk if you lend us money that San Francisco could be underwater? We won't pay you back. Uh, the answer is nowhere, right? Because, ladies and gentlemen, even liberal San Francisco knows Bernie is full. Of mm. again, college campus libs who I love you, to, I love young people listen to shows. A lot of good, strong conservatives out there fighting a good fight on campuses. God bless you, and I mean that with the strength you need. But to the climate change hoaxers, have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is nobody selling farmland in mass? Why is waterfront property going up in value? And why is San Francisco one of the most liberal cities on the planet? not acknowledging in their own bond issue that they're going to be underwater in eight years. The answer is because it's not true. It's a hoax. (laughs) Suckers, man. Here's another genius takeaway from last night's debate. Here's Kamala Harris who wants to, you know, show you all her fighting warpath bona fides. Look at me. I went on the warpath against these Republicans. Look what I stopped. Listen to this quote, and on the end, you're know, in the end, you're gonna scratch your head a little bit, and be like, "Wait, wait, wait, what? Wait, did she miss something?" Check this out.
1: I believe we have to have the ability to not only have a nominee who can go toe to toe with Donald Trump, and I have taken on Jeff Sessions, I've taken on Bill Barr, I've taken on Brett Kavanaugh. I know I have the ability to do that.
2: Uh, Kamala Harris is a warrior because she's yeah. Oh man, <laughs> please, I mean. Like, Jeff Sessions, Bill Barr, and Brett Kavanaugh were confirmed. Did she miss that? <laughs> this is her evidence. This is her success story. Did she where has she been? Has she been in like she says she was sleeping in Iowa because she's so committed to Iowa? Did she miss all of that? <laughs> that's your six that's your best argument? Oh, the one you lost <laughs> three times? <sighs> oh, for three. All right, folks, I I ran kind of long today on a couple of stories. I'm sorry, but it's important stuff. Tomorrow, I want to get to Matt uh, Palumbo, our resident fact checker. Uh, He has a report out, which is really good, debunking some talking points that Trump has deported fewer people than Obama. I'm going to get to that tomorrow. We also have, again, our Don Trump Jr. interview tomorrow. We'll launch tomorrow afternoon. In addition to our regular programming during the morning, that's not going to change at all. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino, and our newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter, the Bongino Report. Coming soon. Don't miss it, folks. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you all tomorrow.
1: You just heard The Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter twenty-four-seven at DBongino.